And really the only way that you can get value out of something like that is if you give me the book on everything you're going to say, that's fine. I can go look at it later to refresh. But if I'm going to have to take my own notes, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for one or two things that really jump out at me that I know I can put into practice. I sat through a seminar earlier this year and it wasn't about It was best practices of what they had done, she had done in her business, Mm -hmm. hugely successful lady, but it was basically she had you evaluate, these are the key components of the process, like top, these are the five or seven components of the process, the steps, and you are going to rate your, each of your steps, what you're currently doing, whether you have no process in place for this, Mm -hmm. or you should, Yours is okay at best, but it's not documented. You're not doing it consistently. Or you're excellent at this and you need to focus on the next step, right? right? That was so much more helpful Mm -hmm. than, you know, because you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I should change. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Because you already have something. You're probably just not executing well. Sure. Everyone understands, well, first of all, once you have a grasp of how do I get from point A to point B, Right. Once you understand the steps in between, yeah. everybody has that basic knowledge. It's just about, you know, how do you build around? What are you good at? What are you not good at? Recognize and be okay with what you're bad at. Right. Build and different systems around that or ask for yeah. help. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not a salesy person. I have to have systems or even around sales. Mm-hmm. So when, when I started this group in 2016, it was just me and my wife, but I hadn't originated alone since 2010. I didn't know any realtors, but I knew processes. So I built a really good process. Um, I tried to create a place where I felt like it would be the best place for people to do their loans. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, almost filled a dream style, right? So I'm going to build the best thing there can possibly be, and the people that find value in that will bring their business here. And then once we started um, attracting loan officers, then it became, well, how do I teach them to grow their business if I'm not doing it? So then I had to create a process around sales because I'm just not naturally that way. I'm not a natural salesy person, so I had to make processes. Um, But I have great comfort in processes. That's my... You've seen that. You've seen the outcome. You've seen the result, right? So if I have a process around something and I believe in it, I can work it and I can be confident in it every single day, even if it seems like boring or drab to someone else, like I'm in it because I know it takes six, nine, 12 months to vet out whether it's working or not. Um, But as long as I'm in a process, I'm happy. Like it doesn't bother me. The work doesn't bother me. None of it bothers me. And I think a lot of people have really struggled with that. Yeah. But, you know, fast forward now, everything that, Everything you've ever engaged with me on, there's a process behind it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a touch point until you become friends. Right. Then once you become friends, it's relational. But right. until you can become friends and have a certain level of trust with each other, for me, I have to have a process. Right. Because I'm, just not, sure I'm just not that good at it. <laughs> we are human. Nobody yeah. is, right? I'm just not that good at it. Nobody um, is. Okay, so let's just talk about things that you want to know more about and then we can just kind of go from there because okay. we've met once in a what i would call effective way yes where we're talking about business and process yeah. and 
you know, how would we work together, fit together, et cetera. So outside of that, you know, you, you speak to more than one lending person, obviously. Sometimes it's nice to ask all of us the same questions because we may all have the same answers or yeah. outlook or expectations. Like I have probably different outlook or expectations for this market. Yeah. Than other people yeah, do. For sure. So anything, nothing's really off limits. Okay. If it's just something Industry. you want to know about. Or yeah. you're like, I would like to get an opinion. Yes. On whatever. Yes. So. Well, for me, it's sales. Like people that can naturally just meet people and just control a room. I'm like, fascinated. That's incredible. Yeah. It's you know? the gift, right? And it then for gift. me, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to go meet 150 people, I'm going, this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm for me, I feel this. like I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I really do. Because back in my early days of lending, like in, in banking, we had targets and sure. we, and so I would be able to write, I'm like, all right, if I need to get to this target, I need to talk to this many people a day and I yeah. need to, and it's no different than any other sales game, but I never thought of it because yeah. it's really, it's just who, you know, it's not out, we weren't outbound calling or anything. It was whoever was coming into your branch. Mm -hmm. And so you'd get lucky. It was a busy day, mm -hmm. right? And you could hit, you know, double, double it. So if tomorrow's slow, it's no big deal. Yeah. But that taught me to be really good at talking to people because mm -hmm. you only had access to the people that were coming in already. So you had to really capitalize on the moments, yeah. you know, when they were there. So I feel like I got really good at, I'm somewhere in the middle of that. Yeah. I get the number side of it and it helps me like mm -hmm. pin it down. But the fun part for me is the yeah. relationship. It part. has to be a learned behavior because like, um, my disc assessment is like, you're terrible at, the sales part. Like when you look at the, yeah. like you're analytical, you care about people, you love systems. You're really bad at this part. You're really bad at people. <laughs> so then you start like, you look at that and you're like, well, I don't want to be bad at people, you know? And it's not that I'm bad at people. I love and care deeply for people and, and try to foster very strong, deep relationships, but meeting people or presenting to people yeah. or networking to people was very uncomfortable. Yep. So I had to, that was a learned behavior. Yep. Um, now I'm, I'm fine. I'm comfortable, obviously, but it took years of yep. just grooming and coaching, doing it. Yep. You know, yep. coaching is a huge deal. My coach is like, who cares? Yeah. But I'm you like, care, right? I always Well, they're cared. like, well, they don't know you anyway. And yeah. I'm like, but I want them to. Right. And like, well, they're I never care. going who to. Who cares what people go. think? I kind of care, right? Yeah. I care. Well, I mean, that is one of the biggest problems. We should quit thinking what yeah. people think. But, but you do, right? It's inevitable a little bit. Well, some of it is what we perceive people think. Right. It's not really what they think. It's how do I think you I perceive me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Good point. Um, because I really don't know if I care what people think of me, whether they like me or don't like my business style. But I think that I am a bad critic of myself, obviously. So I find that I'm checking myself more than that. Because I think the longer you're in business, the more you realize that you just got to find your people. Right. It's then, okay that the, the yeah. whole market doesn't, yeah. you know. I'm never going to have 100% market share. Yeah. And that's okay. Because yeah. I, one, don't like all of those people. And it's they true. probably don't like me that's either. True. And that's fine. Yep. But the I ones that are that. the ones that are same, like similar mindset, uh, have the same values. I want to work with all of them. Yeah. So part of the process is how do I find all of them? Yep. And then how do I really feel like how do I really figure out if we're a good match? 
Right. You know? Right. That's really hard to learn, especially like whenever you start in real estate or any any gig that you're, you know, working in sales or relationship based business, that it's okay that you're not a good fit with everybody and it's okay that you you know, people use the term like it's okay to like fire a client or whatever. Yeah. And I, I don't really look at it like that because if I'm not a good fit for you, you're really not a good fit for me either. But I, you know, deep down you want to be a good fit for everybody and it's hard to remember that, you know, it's okay. You mm-hmm. want to be with like-minded people because you're going to serve them better and they're going to serve you well as well. I think it's difficult in the beginning too because it's so transactional. You're like, my success is rated by transactions. Volume, right. So if I'm not doing transactions, I'm not being successful, which to a point is true. But once you have built an established foundation of your business, then you get to decide. Yeah. And at that point, you have to respect yourself and your time and your family and your business enough yeah. to say no to people. Yeah. And the, the clients as well, right? Because I think that helps them as well. It establishes relationships and boundaries on both sides of the fence. Absolutely. So I think it's critical and it's, so, it's overlooked so yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, saying no is not popular not in business. Popular. <laughs> no, but it's not. I think but it's necessary. Very necessary. For, for successful transactions, healthy relationships all around. Yeah, I agree. So I want to talk about what your opinion of, I mean, obviously the market shifting. There's mm-hmm. a lot of change. And we were just talking about how a lot of people have an opinion of how it's going to look in a year or, you know, two years. But, like, what's your opinion on buyers that are coming in or people that want to buy in the near future, they're nervous, they're reserved. Mm -hmm. But um, your opinion on like the leasing market, like it being an okay stepping stone if they're not quite ready or um, what that looks like for them, like in the purchase process, is Mm -hmm. it a good thing to have rental history? Is it, how does that help them, hurt them? And what do you feel like the, we're gonna have an increased rental market you know, leasing market over the next couple of years? Yeah, so I'm gonna answer that in two parts. First part, it, all, it, it always is helpful to have rental history because when people look at your overall credit profile and your credit worthiness, having a proven track record and an ability to pay um, a high monthly rent translates to whether or not you can afford to potentially pay a mortgage. Right. Um, it's a lot different to base risk on someone that on paper can afford it, but they've never had rental history. Um, it's a lot less risk to take someone that's paying 1800 and give them a $2,000 mortgage than someone that has never had rent and give them a $2,000 mortgage. It's a larger jump. Right. Uh, so there's a lot more uh, scrutiny that goes into the person that is going from zero to 2,000 versus 1,800 to 2,000. Um, so I think it's always helpful. Uh, so as far as a stepping stone goes, I think everybody has to move at the speed of their own life. You know, Everybody should buy real estate, but I don't know that everybody can at this moment. Right. right? That's why there's always going to be a rental and a lease market. Um, I think that we will increasingly have more renters because I think that cost of entry is going to be more difficult moving forward. Yeah. Um, I think that we have this incredible opportunity over the next six to nine months for people that can qualify to buy, to buy right now because you have less competition. And I was running some numbers the other day, and if you bought a home at 6% versus 4.5%, things that you're not considering is right now if there's a softer market, 
you might be able to get maybe some seller concessions or a discount on the right. home. Uh, That's a really when, good point. If rates go back down to four and a half, you're not getting any of those. Yeah. And you're going to have more competition. So buying now, I'll give the example, if I get a house at 6% right now, and let's say I get like 7000 in seller concessions. That's not impossible right now on a $300,000 right. house. My payment's $248 a month more. If you divide that by seven grand, it takes 26 months to break even. So if we think that rates will be four and a half in the next two years, you could actually be ahead of the game buying now. Right. So focus on, there's two things that matter when you buy a home. How much do I have to put down? And what's my monthly payment? Yep. Let's focus on saving them a ton of money on cost of entry and apply that to that monthly payment for the next couple of years. And if we can make that a break-even win for them, then we come behind and fix that interest rate when rates come back down. Right. They win both times. Yep. And they have way less competition right now. If they don't buy in the next six to nine months and then rates go back up, back down to 4.5, and then you have institutional investors and you have all the other home buyers that come back into it and money is cheap again, um, I think that home prices will accelerate at a larger scale than it is now. So instead of three or 4% appreciation, maybe you get back to 16. Right. Now they're priced out. Again. And their rent yeah. went up. Yeah. So now you, you got priced out to 2,600 on your mortgage and now instead of 1,800 rent, it's 24. Yep. So, uh, you know, people always ask, would you even buy in this market? Absolutely. So would I, yeah. I There's never, and I'm not just saying that because that's what I do for a living, it's because I live and breathe the market and there are just things that make sense, right? It doesn't matter how the market shifts, there's always something that's positive about it. Yes. You can get the money really cheap, right? That's what our positive was the last two or three years. I can get the money really cheap, so I can buy all this house. Well, you probably didn't need all that house anyway, number one. Um, but now, if you're buying into, this is what I can really afford, right? But it's 6%, well, if it costs you eight to 9,000 less to get in there, that still is money. Yeah. That still matters. Yeah. You know? So there was a lot of people that that cost of entry was their barrier. Can we can we get them off the get them off the bench and get them reinvigorated about buying and explain to them about Yeah, cuz knowledge how the is power, right? Exactly. So I think it always takes a little bit uh for the general public to catch up to the information. One news news cycle slow. Yeah. Um you know, social media is slow. I mean, it's fast, but you got to have enough people talking about it, right? Yeah. So I think if we can re-educate the market on why this makes sense and why this is a good market, I think people will jump on it and buy. Um, but if they don't, then I think we could see continually uh, an increase in the amount of renters versus buyers because I think large companies are going to continue to buy massive amounts of property, right. um, which will create more renters, and it's going to make it a little harder for people to buy. Um, so taking a 6% rate for 8 months, 12 months, 16 months isn't the end of the world if you get to buy a property. Right. Yeah, one that you can afford yeah. and you like. Because wages are not going up at the same rate either. Right. So it's possible that you could miss your window. Yep. Unless you have a significant life change. Right. Okay, so knowledge is power. That's what I took away from that. Mm -hmm. So if you are leasing, you mm -hmm. want to buy, you weren't sure, but this has you convinced that maybe it's the right time or you're in a lease for a year. At what point do you, I mean, obviously you should start educating yourself immediately, but at what point, like 
where do you, at what point in your lease or, or how far out should you start talking about it, looking at it, and really gaining knowledge on, you know, maybe how much I need to put down and sure. all that kind of stuff I think if from your end? Yeah, that's a good question. I think if you're a consumer that pays attention to your credit profile and you have a general understanding of where you stand, it's four months. I think if you really don't know right. what could be there, it's six months. Um, okay. You can fix a lot in four to six months. You really can. Uh, if it's just little things that like, hey, I didn't know this was here. Well, now we know. We have plenty of time. You're still going to be good by the end of your lease if you truly want to buy. But I say four to six months. The reason I like four is because credit reports are good for four months. Okay. So at that four-month part, like if we get it and you're good and we find something, we can just time it out. You never have to have another credit pull. Um, but if you're not sure where you're at, six months, it's just, you know, pulling it two times is not going to keep you from buying, you know. It's not going to keep you from buying. And it gives us a chance to get ahead of things. Right. So I would say if you're not sure about your financial profile at all, six months, I would say if you're one that has credit monitoring, you know what your FICO score is, you kind of know what's in your credit report, which I think there are more and more people that know that now. Um, if that's you, I would say four, four months four months left have a understanding of well how soon I think people wait too long yeah generally like in a lease yeah. oh yeah you're like most of the time <laughs> yeah most of the time they're like I gotta be out in six weeks and you're like yep. well I really so my hope. goal is to educate that like <clears throat> as I'm catching them at the front yeah the front end right yeah and if you can catch them going into the lease I'm telling you it's yeah. a goal I get it it's a goal I get it I All love right. it <sighs> I'm very excited, Steve. Don't, unless you want. Now, I am a big believer in don't keep secrets because it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to do it. But <laughs> if there's anything you don't want someone to do, don't put it on here because I'm not the one that does the editing or the posting. No, I mean, I think this is pretty general information. Yeah. But you're right. People probably wouldn't do it anyway. They right? won't. They don't keep anything a secret. It's dumb because they're not going to do it. They're gonna like somebody from a process would look, perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone would look at that and be like, I'm not doing that. That's gonna take a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all of it does. It does. Anything that's worth doing takes a lot of work. Yes. But yeah. I, I mean I really like I I walked away from that meeting and I was like, that's gonna work. I mean, and then it worked that after I was like because and she brought it to me because I'd had the conversation with her originally, mm -hmm. like in April, I think, is whenever I leased that house. And so she was like, oh, yeah, no, we definitely want to do that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it definitely works. It definitely works. You yeah. don't even have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. All right. So another question. So if you had to give your top five pointers, general top five pointers for a home purchasing process, what yeah. is it? Whether that be like from the process to the credit score to the don't buy anything, to the make sure you know who you're working with, right. like the whole like okay. spectrum, top five. Okay, number one, make no changes. We are looking at a snapshot in time of your life. If you come behind us and change something, we don't know. That's because, from original credit pool, like no, original. Just, like when you get, let's say you apply for a mortgage, we're looking at that really last two months, Okay. right? We're still looking at W-2s and some other things, but really it's the last two months. What do you have in your bank? What have your pay stubs looked like? 
Um, what does your credit report right now look like? We're looking at that. So if you, if you fundamentally change how you're paid, where you work, how you receive your income, uh, change or add, like pay off or add an account to your credit report, um, put some crazy money into your bank that wasn't there originally, or take all of it out, or just even something as small as like, we moved it to another account. Well, I never saw that account, so I don't know what's in there. But my thing would, number one would be, don't make drastic changes, right? So we always send that do's and don'ts list. It's like, right. don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And, you know, we're not trying to, like, parent them. But it's because the whole process is like a 60-day snapshot of what's going on right now. So just hang on for 60 days. Yeah, so anything that fundamentally changes, if you don't come out and tell us, we're going to find out. But we're going to find out at an inopportune time. Right. Versus if we know up front. Yeah. Because we'll have to get an additional verification later, and it'll be like, this is different. You're like, okay, no idea, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's number one. Yeah, that Don't would be number one. Don't change anything. Yeah. Second is be organized. You know, if you don't want to be frustrated in the process, be organized. They're going to ask you for bank statements. They're going to ask you for pay stubs. They're going to ask you for W-2s. Um, IDs, potentially tax returns if you're self-employed, be organized. Most of these items can be downloaded in minutes. So instead of piecemealing it where you're like, well, I'm going to go grab these pay stubs while I'm thinking about it, and I'm going to go uh, try to get my job to give me these W-2s, schedule an hour to sit down, download everything, and send it in. Because it's difficult for borrowers. They get really... They get burnt out really quick if they feel like they're always chasing something. Yeah. So an over, it can be an overwhelming process because there's a lot of moving parts. So what we try to tell them is, is I'm going to come to you three times for documentation. If you're organized and you send them in promptly, I will not come to you anymore. I'm going to come to you in the very, very beginning. I'm going to come to you when you get your contract to update anything. And I'm going to come to you one more time for the final, final list. That's it. So as long as you can handle at three times, I'm going to need you to be really prompt and on it. I'll leave you alone the rest of the time. Um, it sets an expectation. But being organized, big, big deal. Right. Um, so don't change anything. Yep. Be organized. Yep. Um, it's, a, it's a frustrating process, so be patient is another one. Um, it, even though we're in 2022, it takes a couple of weeks three weeks to do this. Um, we're in an instant gratification world, but this part still can't be done quickly. Um, now we can do, sometimes we do eight days, 10 days, 12 days. There are things that we can do to speed it up, but generally speaking, it's not a right now. And some of our first time home buyers struggle with that, uh, especially if all you've done is lease. When you lease, it's pretty quick. Yeah. Once you get approved, you sign, you're in, you do your deposit, yeah, you're done. You're done. Yeah, this is going to be three times that long, and it's going to be probably more invasive, right? And almost to the point to where, you know, one of the questions we get asked sometimes is, is there anything else? You're like, well, maybe. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it really depends on what you send me. Yeah. Um, because one document can cause us to need another one. You know, if I say, hey, send me your last pay stub, and you send it to me, and it's got 30 hours, and all the other ones had 40, well, now I need an explanation. Yep. So, 
Uh, being patient is another one. And really that first one I covered a bunch, but I'm going to try to think of five. All right, so we're on four. That's four, right? Okay. Don't change anything. Yep. Be organized. Stick to your budget. Be, mm, great point. Okay. Stick to your budget. Um, it's very easy to go online and 10,000 yourself to death. Like, I want to stay at 300. And then you're like, this one at 310 is really cute. You're like, well, this one at 320 has a bigger yard. You're like, well, this one at 330 has an office. Now you're out of your range. Yeah. And it only took three conversations of sitting at the kitchen table, drinking coffee, saying, well, what if we had this? What if we had this? You can 10,000 yourself to death. Um, So stay in your budget. And part of that is, is when you have that initial conversation, one of our like very first questions is, where do you want your payment? Back into it, They have no idea. If they've not bought a home before, especially with rates that's higher than they've been, they have no idea what a correlating payment is to a sales price. Right. Right? So that's part of the, the learning Correct. of it, right? Education up right. front is important. Yeah. So if their friend bought a home for 480 last year, they might say, well, let's not go as high. Let's do 450 Well, that payment might be 500 more. Yeah. They don't know that. So asking them the payment is key because what you never want to happen is you get into it, everybody's excited. On paper, they can afford it. They have no interest in paying that payment. Right. But they're qualified for it. But you haven't talked about that. So you send them the pre-qualification letter. They're pre-approved for 400,000. They get their estimate and they're like, what is this number? And you're like, well, that's the payment. Sticker shock, right? Yeah. And then they're like, well, I didn't want to be anywhere near that. I wanted to be $800 less than that. You're like, okay, well, they sold that house last year. 800 less than that. You know, that doesn't exist right now. You would never say that to someone. But what I mean is stick to your budget. Start with what you're comfortable paying and let yourself work backwards. Yep. You know, because in every market, it can be taxes can make a difference. Insurance can make it. We live in a coastal area. Yeah. If you live in a windstorm county, your insurance is likely to be higher. If you live in a floodplain, your insur- your insurance is likely to be higher. All of those things factor in to that payment. To the payment, right. If you're just going online looking at principal and interest, you're going to have huge sticker shock. Yeah. So asking that up front and being very clear with people what goes into that payment, asking where they are looking, you know, you got to, I mean, we... Before you even really get into it, you got to qualify, like, what do they want? Right. You know, and can you ask the right questions to get the information from every single person? Yeah. You know, so stay within your budget. And then the last one I would say is, I would say number five would be communication. You have to, for a very short window, right? We're asking you to behave differently. (laughs) 60 days, right? Yeah, we're asking you to behave differently for three weeks to 60 days, depending on your process. And part of that is communication, right? As much as I'd love to do your whole loan through text, it's just not there yet. We're not there. Yeah, we're not there yet. (laughs) We have a really good app that can do 95% of it, um, but we still have to use email. Um, And email is getting to the point where we have to use encrypted email and we have to use uh, secure document transfer requests. So we have to, you know, send you communication in a way you're not used to, right? So just being open to using email communication because it's not popular. 
Yeah. People don't use email like they used to. You know, you don't send your sister an email to have a conversation with her. You text. Right. But you can't do your loan over text. Yeah. So just the communication part, um, be a little bit more available, be a little bit more flexible. At the end of the day, you are asking people for hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's not crazy for them to ask you to be just a little bit more available. Yeah. And a little bit more flexible for that three or six weeks. Um, but I think sometimes if they don't know that or that's not the expectation going in, yeah. they don't understand. Why can't the you why just do yeah, yeah, why can't you just do everything between six and eight when I'm home? Right. You know? Doesn't work that way. So all of it, those are the top five, but all of it comes down to expectations. Everything we just talked about is expectations. Did you explain it? Did you go over it? Do they understand? Not just did you say it to them. We do this every day. Yep. We're the professionals. So I can talk at you and tell you everything that needs to happen. But did you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> or I can make sure you understood yeah. what yeah. I just said. And one of the things I love to say when I get off the first conversation with someone is I always say, do you have any more questions? And they'll say no. And I go, as soon as I hang up, you will. That's totally normal. Call me right back. And like half the time they call me back in less question. than five minutes. Yeah. But if I don't do that, I feel like they feel, what's the, what's, the, what's the right word? I'm looking for the perfect word. It's almost like they feel embarrassed to ask a question that moment. Yeah. But if you give them. Because they missed it a second But ago. then you they give them the permission. Yeah. You give them the permission like, look, guys, this is normal. I'm going to do this a thousand times this year. Yep. You're going to do it three times in your life, maybe five. Yeah, maybe. Ask the questions. Maybe once or twice. Yeah. yeah. Ask the questions. You know, you're not, you can't ask me too many questions. You cannot bug me. You cannot get on my nerves. That is That's literally why we're here. what I'm here. Yes. Yeah. Literally yes. while we're here. That's why I chose the career I did. That's right. So it doesn't, it doesn't bother me, you know. Um, you can probably not even make me mad, to be honest. Just communicate with me. Yeah. So. It all goes down to expectations. It's true. All right. Even in our relationship. Yeah. It all goes down to expectations. Yeah. If I say this is how our process works, and then that's not your experience, then why that's would you trust experience. me? Right. Yeah. It's really that way in every relationship. I get that. No transaction that you do, no matter what it is, what line of business it yeah. is, it's managing expectations. Um, so when we were talking about everything is transactional. One of the things that I am dealing with with my daughter, who's a sophomore at A&M, is you know, you turn 18 and you want all the freedom. Right. You want no expectations from your parents. Right. However, um, you know, we worked very hard to save so that she would not have student loan debt. Right. We see a lot of student loan debt kill people not being able to buy homes, right? Um, and my daughter is of the mindset and work ethic that she needs to go learn to do something and she needs to go get a job in that field. College, okay. college is not for everyone. I get that. The ROI right. on college is lower than it's ever been in the history of the earth. But for her, she wants to do veterinarian. Well, you can't just be a veterinarian. Right. You have to study to be a veterinarian. Right. So, you know, our biggest struggle was, is like, well, you know, why do you need to see my grades? Or why do you need to know this? Or why do you need to know that? And it was more, the thing that I finally uh, was kind of light bulb is everything is transactional. Anytime there's an exchange of money, there's an expectation. 
You know, even what I mean? to your own kids, right? Even uh, always. Yeah. I give you allowance because I expect you to do X, Y, Z. I right. pay your college. I expect you to do X, Y, Z. Doesn't matter what it is. When you get a job, they're going to pay you, to and they the expect job. you to do yeah. X, Y, Z. Anytime there's an exchange of money, and I think that that helped, and it changed our relationship and the way we communicated when it came to separating money versus what she was perceiving to be freedom. Um, and I think that we even changed and paid for less things after that conversation. And it actually made our relationship, I would say, stronger. Because it was like, look, we're not going to pay for all these extra things because we feel like it's not necessary and it's maybe being taken advantage of or taken for granted, not advantage of, taken for granted. Right. But if you still want those things, we support you having them, but you need to get a job and pay for them. Right, yeah. And she has done that. So she, there was two things that we weren't going to pay for that she still wanted. She got a job on campus. She works 20 hours a week while keeping a full course load, and um, she's able to pay for these things that are important to her. And, you know, for me as a parent, there's an extra level of, you know, being proud of that because it's like we were able to have that conversation and she stepped up big time. And for that, she does get what she perceives to be a little bit more freedom. Right. You know, like I'm not as worried about it because now it's just tuition and books. So now it's really just, are you passing? Are you doing that? Right. You know, when it was everything under the sun, it's like, okay, well, what's going on here? What's going on here? What's going on here? But it was just an exchange that I don't think she quite understood. And just, one, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to have a constructive conversation around it uh, from us as parents to her. But two, just watching her, like, react and then thrive in it was huge for me. Right. You know? Grow from the challenge, 100%. right? hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, okay, now I want to give you even more freedom. Yep. You and know? watch you, what you do yeah, with it. And as a parent, you want to believe you've prepared your kids to be able to do something and you don't know until the they go part, right <laughs> yeah you don't know until they go in the first three or four months i don't think they know or you know if it's working out everybody's or not. just praying about it <laughs> yes and then and then you just have one of the to me this was kind of like a breakthrough and then you're just like man that's pretty cool that's awesome because that's kind of like the first step to you really standing on your own because it's one thing when you're out there and of course you're feeding yourself or you're ta- yeah, whatever but it's all being paid by someone else but when part of the burden's on you and you're still holding it together, it makes you feel like, okay, maybe I didn't mess this one up, you know? We hope. She's, re- <laughs> she's really going to do it, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm always confident. She is an incredible student, always has been, very hard worker uh, when it comes to school. Um, but you, don't, you never know. Yeah. You know, you get to that point and you just rip your heart out and send it to school. Ugh. And you just hope. Like I'm excited, but dreading that all at the same time. Because yes. our oldest starts, she starts high school next year, so we're close. We're not yeah. that far off, but nerve wracking. Just yeah. nerve wracking thinking yeah. about it. I'm not one of those people that listens to the words in songs. Uh, but the first time that we dropped her off at her apartment, we were driving to my son's basketball tournament in Dallas, and we're somewhere in the middle of nowhere, like coming into Dallas from an area I'm not even familiar with. And some song came on the radio, and I'm listening to it. And for whatever reason, I'm listening to the words. And it's literally just talking about having a daughter and them growing up and them leaving. And I'm sitting there driving like this. And uh, the song ends, and I look over at my wife, and I'm like, that song was terrible. (laughs) 
Why would they even make a song like that? And that she, was so sad. Yes, and she turns over to me, and she's just... Oh. And I was like, okay, you felt it too. That yeah. It wasn't just me. Oh. But, you know, it's just... But then you're so excited yeah. for it's her too. It's such a bittersweet moment, you right? Know? And, like, last year, she's settling into everything. And, you know, I mean, there's so many conversations. What do I do about this? What do I do about that? And for the most part, you're just trying to make sure that it's her decisions. You're mm-hmm. not making them for her. Um because you got to let them mess up too, you know. But she did a good job. She made it through the year with, I mean, she did most of the right decisions. And the ones she didn't, they didn't kill her. They weren't deal breakers, right? Yeah, they didn't yeah. kill her. You know, it's normal stuff. I've made worse decisions, I'm sure. But then coming into this year, I feel like she's way more organized. She knows what to expect. She's got her footing. Yeah, and she's yeah. kind of experiencing campus a little bit more. She's she's going to the home games. Um, so that, you know, that makes you feel like, okay, that's worth Sending you because you want them to have the whole experience, you know. Yeah. Um, you don't want them to just sit in their rooms and do homework. Right. You can do right. that at home. You can do that at home. Yeah. So, like that was something that um, was was a learning experience for for me and her. It's a big life change for yeah. her and for you. Well, really, right? it was. It really, my wife and her are much closer, so most of the communication was with them. But I, it made me like so much more happy about the whole situation. It's more comfortable. I feel like there's less expectations. Our conversations are more constructive now. Right. They're around different things. Not you know? everything's focused on that. Yeah, yeah, it's not focused on that. Yep. Yeah, which is better because then we can have like a, start developing like a friendship, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Instead of just father yeah. daughter. Of course. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then my son is not a. I say this now. He's 14, but. He's one that, I don't know, he, he may not be a college person. Yeah. He's got an entrepreneurial spirit, and there's something incredible in him, like something very special that um, I'm trying not to punish out of him. Yeah. Because it is don't, a struggle. Don't, don't let the I'm fire out, right? Trying not to right? suppress don't, it, yeah, right? Yeah, don't suppress it. Like, I, it's, it's, a, it's a struggle between I want to, like, Hurt make your him. life terrible <laughs> But I also know that that is something that, if harnessed correctly, can be special. Right. See, that's funny you say that. That was me. Mm-hmm. That's how I was. I struggled greatly. I never could figure out what I wanted to do. So I started college a year late. I went to California right after I graduated high school instead, you know, to do whatever. I had a friend that lived there. And I came back and I started school, quit, went back, quit, went back like three times. I just couldn't decide what I wanted to do. I knew generally. I knew I loved working with people. You know, I I started a couple of majors and then switch. I just never could, like, pin it down. But I've always been, I feel like my mother and I clashed greatly because we just, we just butted heads. One, we're kind of alike. And two, I was going to do it the way I wanted to do it. And not like in a rebel way because you told me not to. I just had a better idea. Like, I saw it. I had a vision for it. And I knew what it should look like. No, it works so much better if you just did it like this. But it's not, it wasn't the box. It wasn't the way that they wanted me to do it. Great student, made great grades, always had a great GPA, just was infuriated at the fact that I couldn't do it the better way. Like, why do I have to do it this way? That's so dumb. That doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense. Were they paying for it? 
I paid for it. Okay. I paid for it. Yeah. So later in life, but yeah. uh, like college and everything, I did pay for myself and yeah. had to pay off my own student loans. Yeah. I didn't have the luxury that your daughter has. Yeah. So I hope she is grateful for it. I think she will be one later. day. Yeah. It's hard to, and I struggle with that with our kids too, because we want them to have everything right, but you don't want them to be ungrateful. It's this, it's such a catch 22 and there's a fine line, right? Where work ethic and the gratitude meet mm-hmm. and but that was me. I couldn't hard like if I finally, I finally figured out how to harness that somewhere yeah. at the end of college. I think. Yeah. Somewhere. I don't know how. Have no advice on how to do I think it. It comes with maturity too, because <laughs> I mean we're to. just not like from a from a brain standpoint fully developed at that point. So no. I am learning, and what I struggle with, but I, I I I know it with my people that I work with, but I struggle with my own kids. Is you know. They, I can't expect her to immediately appreciate these things that I think she should appreciate. Right. I want you to appreciate them now. We're well, not going to appreciate them now because yep. ev- there's there's peers around you that have the same thing. Or more. Right? It's not right. until you get into your real life that you will appreciate. Like I don't have this burden, you know, that some other people have right now. The student loans that her friends may be getting. Have no bearing on them. them They don't have any bearing on their life because they don't have to make any payments on them. Right. It's not going to be until later, whenever they have the burden of maybe a hundred thousand dollars and she has zero. Right. You know. Yep. So I get that. It took me a long time to realize she's not going to get it. That's a really good point. She's not going to get it because her friends that don't have the same circumstance are not affected by those loans, yet. Right. I have a friend uh, who's. He's him and his wife are very successful. She they they're the only two people I've ever met that had a plan in seventh grade. And that's exactly what they did. Like, she went to medical school, she graduated, did her fellowship, did her uh, residency, did all that stuff, became a became a doctor. Like that was the plan. Had their first baby after she became a doctor, like did exactly what they were supposed to. Yeah, hundred percent. Tons of student loans, right? Tons of student loans. But, um, you know, now employers are looking at that stuff differently. They're looking at um, aiding with people's student loans as a way of hiring. Right, which is brilliant. I don't hate it because debt is a killer. It's a burden. It makes you feel like you have like a stranglehold around your neck and your education costing that much money. Affecting you to be able to buy a home or affecting you to be able to buy a car or things that you might need is difficult. Yeah. You know, and, I, and you know, they are incredible for doing it. Exactly what they said they were going to do when we were in seventh grade. That's I don't know crazy. anyone else. Yeah. In seventh grade, I don't know what I wanted to be. No. No, I knew, I had a general idea of like what I wanted life to look like. Yeah. Like the end goal, it was the path to get there. Like the yeah. career could have. I could have done 10 things. Yeah. I knew, I know I'm good with people and processes and stuff like that. And that's how I work it. But you could do that in almost any industry, right? Yeah. So that's where I struggled. How do you pin it down? You have to develop a love for something. Or you got to live. Or you got to live. That's how I started my career in banking originally. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked out. And turns out I was pretty good at it. But then it turns out I didn't love it anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, redirect. And so, you know, that brings me to another point is like, what makes you great? 
right? Your personality or your love for working with people or wanting to uh, add value or, or help build people, that doesn't come from what you chose to do. Right. That comes from in here. Yep. Right? So you could do that in any field, doesn't right? doesn't matter. That's right. You know, I think yeah. about people that um, have these huge influential empires and then you think about what their business was and you're like, do you really think that this, which is this is what they're really meant to do. What they're really meant to do is be a mentor and pour into people. Be impactful. And be impactful right. and be influential. Do you think that, do you think that, you know, it, Take Jeff Bezos. Do you think selling books online was the goal? Yeah, he had to live, right? Right. That was he had it. To live. <laughs> or you know, any of those people, and that's an extreme um, example. But even like, do you ever listen to Gary Vaynerchuk at all? No. Gary V. Okay. So he's kind of vulgar in his language, but he started out. His parents had a liquor store, and he wanted to do online wine. Okay. Because it's an extension of their business. Right. Now, his entire business is media. And he's probably one of the best uh, online influencers for marketing, right? One of the better marketing minds for this era, probably. But it came from him wanting to take their already established business and then do the stuff that he was really freaking good at. You know what I mean? So whatever that is, wherever you land... You're still gonna if you have it in here, yeah. you're gonna pull out those it's best gonna parts somewhere. Those right? best parts yeah. are gonna come out. And the only my I my belief is the only thing that can keep you from doing that is leadership. I agree. What's the statistic? Like people don't leave a company, they leave a boss, right? Correct. And it's so true. And so I think true. that's why we have so many people right now that are choosing to be entrepreneurs. Because I think we, as a country, struggle with leaders. Yes. Um, at the at the absolute tip top. Yep. Um, all Very the way down. Very lopsided culture. Yes, yeah. it's a terrible. Yeah. We don't. We do not have good leaders uh, in most companies. I think most people are starting to figure that out. Yeah. But they're confusing cult, creating culture with leadership. Yeah. People it's think, why I left the organization I was at for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they can they confuse culture with being a cool lounge area and free snacks. Right. When what culture is is me knowing everything about you and everything about your spouse and everything about your kids and everything about what makes you want to pull the best parts about you out and giving you the opportunities to do that. That's right. what culture really is. Yeah. And people miss on miss that the all boat. the time. Yeah, totally. And if you're not getting that from your leadership, everybody understands that now I can run a business from my phone. I'm just not going to stay. Right. Why would you? Right? Yes. So when they talk about this great resignation, like all these people that are leaving, mm -hmm. it's, it's probably needed. It is needed. To be honest. It is. I couldn't agree more. And then the next needed. generation that comes through, they're never going to apply. No. They're just They'll going. They'll never tolerate. Well, yeah. what they figured out is online, if you're talking about like making money and monetizing the internet right now, if you say like, oh, I'm not winning unless I get to like two, three million dollars. Okay. Well, that's the toppest echelon ever. Right. But you can make sixty-five thousand. You can make eighty-five thousand easily running e-commerce, dropship, yeah. Amazon, yep. in the flip game. You can make money so easily that they're just never going to apply. Right? Why would you? Why would you? Why? They're exactly. not going to. 
because they, they understand yeah. the choice. That's right. So I think people might consider those people as lazy. They're not lazy. No, they just understand. Than we are. They right? understand yeah. that they have a choice. That's right. And I didn't understand that going into like the career field, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't. Well, maybe we, it, knowledge is power, right? Yep. We didn't know. I didn't know. Well, we're only two. So we're two generations from everyone goes to college. You cash in your eight thousand dollar degree for a sixty thousand dollar job. Yep. ROI is huge on that. You work there thirty five years. You get a pension. You get That's social right. security. You're done. Yep. We don't see that though. No. That's gone. That system yep. is gone. It's broken. Now education is 150,000 to make For the same 80 or yeah. 60. <laughs> exactly. Now it's 60 or 80. You don't get the pension. Yep. And we don't know if social security is going to be around. Good luck. The system yeah. is broken yep. in that way, but yet we still want to tell kids you have to do it yep. this way. Yep. And that's wrong. I agree, and I'm a huge advocate. Trade school, do something with your passion. You'd have to learn how to harness it, right? I think teaching you how to harness it is mm-hmm. the way to go, no matter what it is. Figuring out kind of what you like, what you're good at. Like our middle daughter, probably not a college person, and that's okay. She's great at a lot of stuff. She's like, Mom, I think I just want to do people's hair. And I'm like, you would be amazing at that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. My hairdresser probably makes more than I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the truth. She runs a salon. At, you know, She probably does make more than I do, and she's great at it. I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to go to school. The, you know, the little one, he's only three. Who knows? We don't know yeah. yet. But the older one, you know, she's probably college. She's probably more corporate, you know, corporate minded, if you will. And she wants to go into the medical field, which is going to require education, right? Yep. But uh, it's okay that you're not like that or you don't, you know, you're just suppressing it at that point when you're forcing them into the square, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, being someone that does hiring, right, the resume means less to me today than it has ever, ever, uh, because I feel like I can teach you almost any skill. Yeah. Right? I can teach you how to do what we do. That's right. What I can't teach you to do is be a good person, yep. have compassion, have empathy, um, give grace, have humility. I can't teach you yep. how to do those things. Some basic skills that are needed, but other than that, the most most of it's taught. I can tell almost instantly like when somebody would come into a new role, I'd been there for a really long time, and I'd, I'd go, yeah. that's probably not going to work. Yeah. That's not going to last. You can tell. You can instantly tell. Because you can teach them almost anything. Sure. If they're willing. Yeah. Right? Well, we have high-level salespeople that come in and interview all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, high-level salespeople, I'd love to not group them into two baskets, but they either are, like, super high D and haven't learned to be less abrasive. Yep. They haven't chosen to learn to tame that to where they can be a better teammate. Um, or you have the ones that just, you know, they make good connections with people, people trust them, and they've built a good business off of that, mm-hmm. um, off of that trust and consistency and systems, right? right? I need the second one. Yep. Because our culture is well, of the second one. They're just not a good one. fit otherwise. Right. Yeah. So if you, ha- and there's mortgage companies that are full of sale just sell first type a people right and you gotta have some you gotta have some and we have people that uh, are a good blend too like hey i'm I'm fine if you want to push the envelope but we're going to be respectful of each other it's when you lose the respect piece right that doesn't work for me yeah so that's all i'm looking for that you've set a culture right and you'll stick to it well if i ever so i'm every once in a while i will miss on a hire okay i'm a human right 
I'll just, you can trick me in 45 minutes. Yeah. Okay. But once you show up and start working, you can't trick the other 120 people. Right. So it's usually. Somebody's going to pick up. It's on usually it, right? two weeks or less. Yeah. It's like, what is going on here? You really missed the boat on this one. Yeah. And then it's and just. And you have a, to go, so, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, you're like, okay, didn't see that. So then yeah. you just start having conversations with the person. You start digging a little bit more and you're like, okay, yeah, y'all were right. Do you yeah. ever find that it's just, uh, you know, in that short of a time, is it ever just they need some time to get their footing? Or Sometimes. Maybe they want to learn the culture, but they came from a place that was different. And yeah. this is a learning experience. Yeah. So it's a fine line between like telling people that there's, you, you got to be humble to be here. Mm -hmm. And then them interpreting that as I can't have a voice. I can't be heard. I can't have new ideas. 100% wrong. Yeah. We want you to say everything that you're thinking. We want every single idea. We want the highest level of collaboration. But if it's met with, hey, I don't really think that works, how you react right is what's important right are you going to say well then you don't believe in me or are you going to say well this is why i think it works because if i say yeah. i don't know how that works i'm not saying we can't do it i'm saying help tell me. me help me understand. show me yeah you know because i don't think for one second that i have the absolute best process that works for every single person and every transaction flows through perfectly that's dumb. It's a trial and error thing, right? Right. Yeah. I'm not looking for perfection. I'm looking for excellence because yeah. excellence you can pretty much measure because it's how much effort are you putting into doing it at your absolute best. Right. Perfection is an illusion. Right. Um, but if you find something, and that's why I love when we hire new people, new people is new eyes. New eyes is new feelings on a system that we've had for eight right. years. Right. So we usually get our best collaboration and uh, nuances to our system when we get new people. Yeah. So I really sense. like when we bring in new people and I'm like ultra positive about like, bring me feedback, mm -hmm. please. I will never know if it needs changing. Right. If you don't tell me, I built it. I'm blind to yep. the blind spots. I know how to work within it. If there's something that's kind of broke right here and I know how to ignore that, I'm not going to see it. Yeah. Might be a big deal to you. Bring it to me and we'll fix it. So that um, that type of collaboration, I think, at the leadership role has to be encouraged or everyone just leaves. Right. The people that are the thinkers, the people that want ideas, the reason that things don't actually get done is because this person has a great idea, but their manager doesn't want them to get credit for it because then they might be on their same level. Yeah, God forbid. And that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. God forbid someone excel, right? That is the dumbest thing yeah. I've ever heard of. And that is a fear mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And so you try to make sure you don't have those people either. Yeah. And all learned behavior too. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to unteach. Yeah. You got to really want other people to win. And there's enough to go around. Sure. That's what I've never understood. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I will sit in this chair and I will talk to plenty of people that sit in that chair and we may never work together and that's fine. But I still want them to win. Yeah. And I still want to learn I want to take one thing from the conversation and learn something regardless. Yeah. And I think that if you can go into these conversations with that right? intent, like yeah. what am I going to learn today? Yeah. You know? With anything, right? Sure. Anything. Yeah. You can't just go in and be like, oh, why am I here? Yep. You know, another day. Yeah. Because you never know when someone might walk in your office and really enlighten you. 
man, you're probably in the wrong business. You're probably not doing the thing that's supposed to be pulled out if that's if that's how you show up. Well, you're definitely right? not in an environment where you feel like it can happen. That's right. That's right. That's true. Yeah, so make a move, right? That's the moral of the story. Do it. Make a move. Do it. Do it. Yep. If you don't love where you are, go. Yep. And I mean that for here, too. Yes, If you don't anywhere. love being here, I will help you pack your But it's your definitely box. fear, right? I definitely yeah. think it's fear. I was 36 when I retired from the banking industry. 36. And I was like, I remember telling Ryan, my husband, like, oh, my God, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. I can't believe because I'm, I am, I'm a calculated risk taker. I take the risk, but again, I've planned the path and I, I can see the, where the end goal where I want to be. It's just trying to figure out where to get, how to get there, right? That's mm-hmm. where my creativity comes in. I'm kind of a mix of both. And I'm like, this is, oh, I don't know if I should do this. This is a bad idea. And he's like, he's so supportive. He's like, you just do it. You just do it. You're going to be fine. You just do it. And I just did it. And I'm still trying to figure it out. We're all still trying to figure it out sure. a little bit. But best move I ever made. I've never been more liberated. Yeah. But at 36, I'm like deep in the career path, right? Yeah. I mean, 15 years in. This wasn't like a, yeah, I've been there a couple years. I mean, you still have time. And you're that's only what he said. He's like, you're only 36. Yeah. Where in my head, I was like, I'm 36. Mm, what am I doing? Yeah. You can reinvent yourself two more times if you wanted to. Oh, well, there's that's so refreshing just in case. I'm just but. saying, there's, to- there's people think they don't have time because they've worked 15, 20 You're years You're so in invested, life. right? doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. You, I didn't love it anymore. I you just would have way it. less time if you stayed there. That's true. And I just, I wasn't happy. I didn't love it anymore. Yeah. Good at it because I practiced it for mm-hmm. 15 years. Didn't love it anymore though. Yeah. My wife has co-signed on me risking our entire livelihood more times than I can count. Well, good for her. Well, <laughs> I couldn't do any of this. <laughs> yeah. Without her, obviously, right. she's such a supportive person. So I, yep. I, and that's uh, Ryan. That I is identify Ryan with yes. what you're saying. I and need him back here to help me along, or I'd never make the moves. Yeah. Even though I've planned them out and I've calculated it, yeah. and I can see, I see where it will work, but I'm still nervous. Yeah. Right. But he's in my ear. Just do it. Just well, my wife it. probably believes in me more than I do. Well. At the correct times, too, because sometimes it's just like I don't know. She's like you need to quit that like you have this figured out you just do what you know is right and it will work itself out right it will come and it has right it has it always has it has but that doesn't mean i'm my own worst critic just like everyone else yep right i think i'm doing what's right but um you don't really know unless there's some sort of validation whether it be from people or from performance right right Right. it's measured somehow right yeah other than that you're just praying about it Yep. Hoping that it's right. Yep. And I pray every week for uh, clarity and decision making. That's what, yes. Focus. I pray for focus so I can work the processes we put in place and what I know is working. Just keep doing it. So to focus on it, focus on the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like focus on the green line and then uh, make sure I'm making making the right choice because we always tease in my house because I'll, I'll I'm a big sign person. I'm like, oh, that's a sign. That was a sign. And he goes... <laughs> And Ron's like, you need like waving red flags. You don't need subtle signs. You need the waving red flags. Yeah, I need the, you know, <laughs> I how need the, the school, banners. <laughs> you know how the school bus does the stop sign like yeah. this? That's what I need. I need the big sign. Yeah, yeah. I need very direct, clear to communication. To feel confident yeah. in the decision. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, you feel like you've seen it all, but the thing is, is the business doesn't change as much as the people do. That's true. You know? The, yeah, yeah. The transactions flow through we're the ones relatively that mess them up. the same we're the ones that mess them up yeah 
our thoughts, our emotions, our perceptions, our expectations, our communication with our communica- it. Our, yep. We're the ones that mess these deals up, yep. not the deals themselves. They That's stand right. on their own. You either have the capacity to buy the home or you don't. Yeah. Right? Period. Right. You either own the home and you can sell it or you don't. That's right. That's pretty black and white. That's it. All the rest of it is people. That's right. And that's Even the right part. down to the processes in it. 100%. The appraisal. You know, that's a person doing that's that. That's the part that... The home inspection. All of it. That's the part that changes. Yeah. It's always the people. Yep. So you have to be... You can't get stuck in your ways, you know? And be agile. I can't say... Like, I love this business because I get to be around a lot of people. Um, I grew up in a really big family. Mm-hmm. And so I like having lots of people around me that was my life my life was chaos and noise and people yeah all the time so i like to have you know people around me and this is a great industry um for that because there's always people they're fun you know everybody for the most part wants the same thing we just want to learn and leverage and um do good business and you know so it feels like home for me um but inside of that you know i also just want to create not really a legacy but i just want people to be proud to be in business with me, obviously. I'm gonna continue to work hard for everybody in our organization, and I'm gonna try every day to make sure that this is the best place they can work. Right. You know, and I'm hoping that every day that that's good enough for them. And if it ever isn't, I'm not gonna get my feelings hurt. Yeah, you know, because you don't know what you don't know. So go experience something else. but every time, there's an opportunity for me to learn. Like, what could I have done different? What, What's the takeaway? What, mi- what, right. what was the missing, you know, what was missing? Um, and, you know, try to take that in and make it better for everyone else that's still here. Yeah. Yep. So that's the cycle. And we go through cycles where we onboard tons of people, and then maybe, you know, 20% don't make it or decide it's not perfect for them. And, you know, we always learn. But you get so much insight from the ones that stay. Yeah. Yep. Because it's a new perspective. Yep. I try to do the same thing, too, with clients. Like, they don't always work out. Or their situation changes. Or, you know, and it's a very personal industry, but you can't take it all personally, right? Yeah. No, I'm okay with that. I mean, yeah. if if half the people that work here right now left to, like, start their own little thing, I'd be, like, pretty pumped for them. Yeah. You know, I'm still going to compete with them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I... I can be nice and want everybody to win and still want to crush it. Yeah. Because that's just who I am. But I still want you to do well. Yeah. I'm just going to do well also. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to, we're going to compete. Yeah. You know, but I want you to do well. Yeah. I want to see people, whatever that is, if this place couldn't pull it out and going out on their own pulls it out, I want to see it. I want to see that amazing version of themselves that they have locked in here. Right. Even if that means they got to leave. Yeah. But then we're going to compete. You'll see him again. Yeah. yeah. We're going to see each other all the time. Competing. I'm going to give you a big old hug, and then I'm going to get up there, and I'm going to try to beat you. Yeah. But uh, that doesn't mean I'm not rooting for you. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? agreed. Yeah. All the time. Everybody can win. Yeah. Truly. 